0: Is that a problem?
1: Is
0: that a problem? (laughs) Is that a problem? It's too late now, isn't it? I can't really change my voice. Sorry, you need to go back and get born again.
1: (laughs) 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 This is Layers, a conversation about building brands with more depth. Have you got this problem with your brands? Your website feels different to the videos you just produced. Those sales docs look way off brand. How does this happen and what can you do about it? Hey, Mark. Hey, Dave. How's it going? Good. Welcome back. Well, yeah, thank you. Welcome back to you too. It's been a little while (laughs) since the last drink. Yeah. Um, We're talking today about brand custodian Mm -hmm. and how do you end up in a situation where uh, you've got brand assets that are all over the shop? Let's just take a step back. Mm -hmm. How do you get to a situation where everything becomes a bit disjointed as a brand?
0: Yeah, um, I don't think it takes much, actually. Mm-hmm. Like I think if you're probably to think about this sort of problem typically, you'd you'd think, oh, well, that'll happen in two years' time or, you know, months down the track from when you actually do the branding project. But I think it can happen quite quickly. And usually, you know, dare I say it, it's it's once you remove yourself from the the original agency that did the work and then you start I guess doing <laughs> DIY stuff I mean that's very self-serving for us obviously yeah, you know, being a design agency but yeah it's just there is I think definitely a skill you know and an eye on what we do like we are paid experts for a reason um so I think uh you know as soon as that oversight probably is is lost um and I think that that probably really ties into this custodian idea which is to say that it's not a case that that agency has to do all the work. It's more just a, I guess, probably a a bit of oversight and, and opinion and stuff like that um, that plays into it. Yeah,
1: and it and it's so it happens quite a lot.
0: Mm. Like you
1: would say, oh, this is a pretty. I would say it
0: happens hundred percent of 100% the time. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty
1: it's a pretty common problem. Like where. The brand gets crafted and made in a certain way in almost like a time capsule where everybody like the client and the brand agency are locked together in lockstep, yep, yep create this beautiful brand and then it gets handed over on the the client side, and that's when it, the the danger starts for a brand to be sort of starting to be sort of pulled apart and ripped apart. Mm. And I think it only happens accidentally. Oh, definitely. It's It's not the intent. It's definitely not the intent on the client side to do that. It probably comes about more from a lack of understanding about how to apply the brand or how to protect it or look after it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a factor of um, a few things like, I guess, individual expertise. You know, are they capable of producing their own graphic design, you know, even at the most fundamental level? Um, but then for me, it goes, it inevitably goes beyond pure design decisions. You know, like when we craft a brand, it's not just graphic design. So it's, you know, not just like, say you're producing a video, you you brought up videos before as an example, it's not just, am I using the logo in the right way when I'm putting it in the front and back of my video? It's like, well, what's even the motion design style that you're using you know to create your top and tail of a video like that has a tone it has a feel you know and right. again it's like it's not just can you execute that as a decent piece of design but does that align with the brand is it up to the standard does it have the same sort of um, sort of feel like I mean to me a good example to illustrate that a bit is like we've definitely done brands in in the past for example where they might have a premium feel that has like the slightest hint of a tech feel, right? Like a bit techie, but not very, and intentionally not so, you know, and like not looking super IT or whatever. And then they'll go and create a top and tail for a video and it'll feel very techy, you know, and it'll sort of do lots of 3d spins and all this sort of stuff, you know, and it just is not nearly the intent of or the original tone of the brand. So Again, it's not just that um, technical design ability or the ability to produce these assets at what is like objectively a decent standard, but making sure that they actually marry in with the the tone and, and other things of the, of the original brand. But then to elaborate on that video example even further, it's how are the people dress in the video. How are they talking like, you know, on and on and on. There's all these other decisions that, of further perpetuating that brand image and like we've talked about from the start it's all about the entire perception of the business that makes the brand not just the graphic design yeah that's a great point so it's it's inevitable that a client even if they have a designer or something in house like you still need in my view that outside opinion or or whatever they don't the agency doesn't have to continue to do every single little business card or flyer or whatever but i think having them Involved as a sounding board or and someone to look over work, and you know, just continue to, like, as we're talking about, be the custodian of that brand to to keep true to it going forward. We, we
1: often get this in messaging as well too. Mm, so we're a yeah, great example. We're messaging, you know, again, sort of in in a time capsule. You know, is, is crafted to make sure those core messages are, are on point, but also. There's a tone and a personality and a style to the right way that you write that. So, like, you might come away from a project with a very conversational style of messaging. Yeah. And then what ends up happening is you get all this, like, kind of weird corporate speak starts working its way back into, like, the copy that they write, for example. And so you get this disconnect between what the brand should really be kind of saying and, and what the brand. You know, kind of then ends up
0: becoming saying and sounding like, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that messaging to me is a great example, too, of where, because see a common, I guess, comeback to this idea would be oh, well, you know, why isn't the agency doing a better brand guide that outlines how the brand should be used visually? Um, you know you could argue some of the same sort of things with messaging like if the tone is defined and when whatever but I think that's a nice idea and definitely is on the agency to provide those things and provide initial guidance so that you know you don't want a situation where the client is completely reliant on you for every little pixel that they ever produce but it's just inevitable that whether it's visual applications whether it's messaging what's tone of voice all that sort of stuff anything that you produce at the original in the original project has its limits like it's not going to account for every situation that will ever possibly arise right so it's just inevitable that there'll be points in time where you'll need to add to that to you know even to evolve it like that's a whole other point really but you can't you'll never capture every situation and every outcome right at the very beginning. It's, it's an ongoing thing. Um.
1: Yeah. I mean, I I think that uh, this kind of lack of a brand guidance as, as a brand is handed across from agency to client, that's actually kind of a bit of a break point, Mm. right? So when the, when the documentation is maybe lacking or it's misunderstood, that's a potential break point there. And, and I think you're right in saying that you can't, you can't just rely purely on a on a brand system or on a brand guide. Yeah. Um, but that's a good starting place,
0: is to make sure oh, you've got sure. you've got some solid documentation. Yeah. That's that's to me the two sides of that is definitely on an agency to do a good job, and I think it's yeah. something we could all be doing a better job of. And and you know that whole idea of design systems and stuff is continues to evolve, and people are doing a lot more work in that, particularly with the more and more software products you know it becomes yep. even more important when you've got a design system for a software product so um, yeah <laughs> you definitely need to evolve that
1: do you think on the on the customer side of this equation when mm-hmm. when a brand is handed across that there's a lack of understanding about how to treat that brand like on the on the
0: client side yeah i think I think because As you said before, I don't think it's the intent that um, they want to bastardize it, for a lack of a better word. Yeah, but I think it's it's a few different things. I think firstly, it's like a a somewhat lack of expertise. Like again, like there's there's no getting around it. Like you know, branding experts are experts for a reason, and so a lot of a lot of that expertise isn't present on the client side. Again, even if they can sort of navigate themselves away around some design software, there's so much more to it than that. And I think this is a good point around when you set off the top, like how and when it happens. I think it happens a lot by little increments. Yeah. Like it's just a lot of little things that, you know, for lack of a better example, we just wouldn't do. Like we wouldn't apply the color in that way or we wouldn't use the logo in that way or, you know. We just wouldn't add that pattern that was never part of the brand but somehow made its way into some of the collateral and that sort of thing. And, again, they're not doing it intentionally poorly. They just don't think about think about things the same way that we do mm. or to the same, you know, nth degree. Like I think that's a lot of it is just we're meticulous about all the details and whether that thing should be there or not and they just don't have that same level of, um, you know, attention or, or whatever for those things. Um, I think another factor is definitely you they inevitably want to put their own stamp on it still, yeah. You know, like, yeah, they've got this new toy, this new brand to play with. You know, they're doing a bit of design work, and oh, that would look great with a splash of red. It's like, well, no, there was a reason we didn't include red in the color palette in the first place, but I think people just inherently want to add their own personal touches to it as well. Yeah, there's a third scenario here too where
1: you find that. If a brand is handed across to a, a, a client and then the client uses maybe a different video studio mm. and maybe a marketing team and you have these off-site uh, independent agencies that are working on the brand, they're putting their own spin mm. on that brand sure. at
0: times as well too. So yeah. it's definitely one to
1: watch for a brand manager.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's a really great point. Because, again, and that's the thing, I don't think necessarily it's the intent of those other agencies no. to step on toes or, you know, redo stuff for the sake of it. You know, they think they're doing the right thing. And I think a lot of times they, they could be doing something, again, that maybe fine design-wise, but there's a reason that wasn't done that way from a brand point of view in the first place, not just design. And, and it's just, it is something that is quite difficult, I think, to convey, even to other agency people. Um, you know, and and again, and probably harping on about this a bit too much, but it's like a marketing agency often isn't going to care as much about brand as a branding agency. You know, they yep. they will think something that they think is fine, we wouldn't say is good enough.
1: Um, well, if you're if you are a marketing director or you're a brand manager on the client side, mm-hmm. and you're listening to this right now, you're probably thinking. There's two blokes just getting <laughs> themselves a pat on the Get, back. Yeah, yeah, or give them something themselves else.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> but, but there is actually ramifications, right, yeah. to, to cocking this up. Yeah, like for sure. Like, there are some things that come to mind for me, which is that, first and foremost, it's probably confusing for the customer, right? Mm-hmm. If you see a different standard, like if I see a video that's been produced that's of low quality and they've muffed up the way that the brand works on the, say, the video titles, maybe they're using a slightly different typeface, it starts to become confusing for the customer to understand, like, is this really the brand that I was meant to contact mm. or is this kind of a lookalike brand? And the internet's full of lookalike brands. Yeah, for sure. So I think that's the first thing is it's, it is confusing. But, yeah, I mean, from your perspective, I mean, what what, it, what is the negative effects of this? Well,
0: I think exactly to that point, You know, the reason that someone would come to us in the first place is to develop a brand with a certain feeling of a certain standard. Yeah. And, you know, that's what they want to convey. They've, you know, they're paying experts, whether it's us or another branding agency, to set a standard and create a perception in their uh, customers' eyes. And as we talked about in the very first episode of this podcast series, That perception is not just the first time they see the logo or when they visit the website and the website's amazing. It's a cumulative experience of everything that happens thereafter. So in your example, they might have a great first impression on the website, then they press play on a video that's on there and the standard's not great, has a very different feel, feels a bit amateur, then that initial great impression has suddenly gone down a peg. And then if, you know, they take... The next action of filling out a form, and they get a PDF download, and it's really poorly designed because that's a classic thing that you would design in-house mm-hmm. using the Brain Guard. Okay, so that reputation is then knocked down another peg, and on and on and on it goes. So, and again, it's just it's one of those things. I definitely feel that could be like death by a thousand cuts too. Like it's not necessarily that that first video is terrible. It's just not right then the PDF is just, again, it's not terrible. Like it's probably better than X other people in that category, but it's still not up to the original standard of the brand. So in a way to me, like to put it another way, you're sort of protecting that original investment, you know, that you made. You invested money into developing a brand for a reason. You believed in that reason at the time. I don't think that reason's changed. So if you want to maintain that, I think... It's just inevitable that you're going to have to, I guess, keep investing in it. And for me, I think that is a good sort of segue into, okay, well, what are we actually proposing by all this? Like, because I definitely want to be clear that we're not like ragging on clients or saying that they can't do it or that, you know, every bit of work you have to take back to the burning agency. I think it's it's a bit of a different relationship, a different model than people are probably familiar with. So it's probably worth talking a bit about what that looks like. Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, should we introduce the terminology of, <laughs> yeah, of brand, sure. brand brand custodian? Yeah. I mean, we talk a bit about brand custodian. It's probably not a role that's really well understood, so no. maybe that's a good place to
0: start. Yeah. I mean, what is a brand custodian? <laughs> well, I think partly because um, it is, I guess, a fairly new idea, sort of still navigating what it really means. Um, for me, I think it is it is, you know, like the name says, you know, someone who is in charge of upholding those standards and, and making sure that the brand is is guided and evolves in the right way and that, that all the stuff that's being produced lives up to that standard. So in terms of like practical application, like I think for me, it's, again, it's not, it's not even that you have to get the the brand custodian to check every single bit of work, but, certainly key milestones or if you're doing a major new internal project like developing a template for a video series or how you're going to produce videos going forward it's just a check in you know here's what we've done or here's what we're thinking of doing this is sort of the the style that we're going for like what do you think you know and basically getting people to, to voice opinions around that and just you know uh, like to me, the ideal outcome is that you just feel like you can call on that person anytime you think, "Hey, we're doing something new. Like, what do you think? Does this does this meet the standard?" Sort of thing. Yeah,
1: and we've got a ton of practical examples mm. around this where we have clients who kind of leverage us in that way. Yeah, it's like we've got this new thing we want to do. Here's what we're thinking. Uh, hey, we went and tried it with a freelancer, and we cooked it up. <laughs> What, is the, what does it look like to you guys in mm-hmm. terms of upholding that, that standard? And, and it works. Yeah. Like it works to have those, that single person who is uh, really attuned to what the brand needs. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it's important because when you come full circle on like what does this mean to a customer, if they can see consistent brand effort across all the assets, across all the
0: touch points, to me, it equals trust. Yeah. At the end of the day. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's always the resounding foundational, you know, I guess, goal that we're at with every brand, you know, is to create that trust um, in some way and, and then maintain it. You know, there's, as we said before in that example, there's no point creating that trust initially if you're not going to, you know, keep that going with your. Your customer
1: do you think that the brand custodian has to sit on the agency side or do you feel like it, it can be a role that's that is nested on the client side as well too like could you have that set of eyes that sits uh watching over each of the the assets that are being produced especially if the the team i guess has got their own internal marketing team or uh brand lead mm-hmm. um do you do you think it's possible to to have have it on the, the client side
0: yeah i think for sure i mean it even if you have an agency person playing this role there has to be someone on the brand on the client side that is a brand champion mm-hmm. and i think if their expertise does you know go into the, the realms of all these things i think the other thing that's important too is like in much the same way that you think you would typically think oh well the agency gives the brand guide and then they walk away i also feel like with this role to a degree it would become less and less reliant or at least you'd focus on different things. Like I think that's another key distinction where it's not like, okay, the brand custodian checks the first video produced and then has to watch every single one, you know, and say, oh, 10 minutes, 45, you said this when you shouldn't have. Like it's it's more of an, a teaching how to fish kind of right. scenario too where like to me the brand custodian should be continuing to help the brand manager or whoever kind of learn and know what is and isn't a good decision so they don't have to rely on them as much or if they still want to spend that same time, they can ask them about different things rather than, you know, it's again, it's not a role of like constantly, um, you know, it's- oversighting graphic design. It's more of a collaborative, um, you know, somewhat strategic and and aspirational on a higher level kind of, Consulting relationship um, so if yeah. you take this down into a real kind of practical like level, yeah.
1: what it looks like to me is like that person who's sitting in that role, whether it's on agency side or client side, they have what are the tools that they've got they've got their their brand system or their brand guide, mm-hmm. so that kind of forms the basis of okay, this is the manual, this is the standards, yep, yeah. but then that person also has to have a uh, Good taste, right? Good mm. good design taste. Yeah. Um, and also uh, an appetite for consistency as well too, to, to yeah. consistently see that brand. So, that, But on a day-to-day level, like getting even down at that that 10-foot level, mm. what are some of the other things that you, come to mind for you in terms of how to, you know, kind of roll that, that brand standard out?
0: Yeah, I guess, um, I mean, uh, obviously – um at the early stages, there's gonna be a lot more to be done mm-hmm. um you know in the initial design of documents and templates and websites and all that other stuff that happens at the start. But I think then, really, from a i guess ongoing point of view, it's just you know awareness and and attention you know to mm. detail and stuff like that it is it's kind of relentless, I think that's the other thing like, yeah that's the other thing that I think makes it difficult for. People who have busy jobs that then go across, you know, lots of different hats and stuff as well. Is it's it's exhausting to have to keep going back and thinking, you know, to you know these really fine details whether that is or isn't you know right. So I think I think it's really just being aware and alert. But then wherever that partnership line draws, I guess between someone who's doing the work or making the decisions on the work, and then this custodian type role, it's it's just making sure again that that consistent. Uh, communication is there, and and that you know, like I'm sure for a lot of clients in this role, it would be hard to kind of remember. Oh, well, actually, I should run that past such and such. You know, yeah, you probably get a again learn to get a bit more of a feel for it as you go along. And I think that the client's confidence would grow, and you know, their understanding would grow, especially if the the person on the agency side is doing a good job of explaining why that shouldn't be that way or whatever. You know. Um, because for so many people, I think on the client side it's it's not natural, it's not their area of expertise or a lot of what they think is fine again, you know sort of wouldn't be in our eyes, but for good reason, but they just don't necessarily see the reasons the way that we do so yeah, I think it's just it's just the constant thinking of it, the constant care factor, and the constant communication.
1: yeah, so I mean, I mean, I guess to kind of bring this full circle to kind of come to a summary point on this on this chat i mean it's this lack of the brand system mm-hmm. that that becomes a, a bit of an issue in the first place uh and then the the kind of the, the dexterity of the understanding of the brand as it's handed across that that creates that sort of first fault line um it's bad because it's confusing to customers it's bad because it erodes trust um and we know that by installing a, a kind of brand custodian, either on the the agency side or the client side, you're going to see you know a, a more consistent approach to to brand. Yep. What are what are the takeaways for you out of all of this?
0: Yeah, I think the main thing for me, I think, is is just understanding that the new paradigm that we're sort of putting out there, which is not to say, like for me, it just it's a shift from an old black and white kind of view of like. Either, okay, the agency's done, Yeah, they've done the branding project, that's finished, we now have the brand, so we'll go and do all the work, or mm-hmm. that the alternative being, oh, well, I have to pay this expensive agency all the time just to update my flyer with some new details. Like that is the old paradigm. It's one or the other, you know. Mm-hmm. Either you're not using the agency at all or you're using them for everything. Yeah. And I guess what we're talking about a lot here is that there is a middle ground where you still doing most of the design work yourself writing your own copy if you knew and need a new page on the website all that sort of stuff but you're still leaning on the agency to make sure that that brand is maintained through all the work that you're doing yourself that for right. me is the biggest takeaway is understanding that as a as a new way to work
1: it's a good good uh, good one to finish on nice solid all right cool. thanks mate no good chat thanks Dave <laughs> This is Layers, a conversation about building brands with more depth.